0: النبيين وعلى آله طيبين طاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ أياماً معدودات فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرَ الَّذِينَ يُطِيقُونَهُ فِدْيَةٌ طَعَامُ مِسْكِينٍ فَمَنْ تَطَوَّعَ خَيْرًا فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَهُ وَأَنْ تُصُومُوا خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ صدق الله العظيم my dear respected brothers and elders young students and sisters in islam assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa indeed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showered many mercies upon us and the month of Ramadan is about to dawn upon us This is a mer- month of blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is a month when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the doors of Jannah Niran And the doors of Jahannam are closed And the deceivious uh, devils are chained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the month يزاد fihi risqul Mu'min, The risk of the believer is increased And untold blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower upon his slaves in this month This is the month where even those of us whose hearts have become rusted with sin We find an inclination towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We make dua at the time of iftar we give sadaqah for the sake of Allah. We make the talawat of the Qur'an. We shed tears and seek forgiveness for our sins. So this is a very amazing month that is dawning upon us. There are certain ayat in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Baqarah, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this month and the injunctions of this month. I would like to go over some of these ayat today, inshaAllah. Starting with ayat 183 from Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya أَيُّهَا ladina O oh, those who believe So this is a commandment to those who are believers those who have recited the kalima la ilaha rasulullah those who have accepted islam this is one of the injunctions of the believer to, that is compulsory upon the believers one of the articles of our faith one of the pillars of our deen rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam has said bunya al islam ala islam is based upon five pillars Shahadati Allah ilaha illallah wa anna rasulullah the central pillar is belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the four pillars are salah wa'ita' zakah ramadan wa bait fasting in the month of ramadan establishing salah paying the zakah and making hajj towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so these are the four pillars of our deen so that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here addresses the believer ya amanu when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the disbelievers in the quran he invites them towards accepting Islam. Ya ayyuhan nas, or ya ahlal kitab, O the people of the book, or O people, or mankind, he invites them to accept Islam. Because a person first has to accept Islam, take the kalimah, take, uh, recite the kalimah shahadat, and now after entering the fold of Islam, the remaining injunctions of Islam will become binding on that individual. So, That is why, this is a very important point to note, all the ahkam, the sharia, all the furu meaning all the minor injunctions of the sharia, major injunctions, minor injunctions, all of them are applicable only to those who recite the kalimah who accept Islam. They're not binding upon those who did not accept Islam. Those who have not accepted Islam, there's only one faradh action, which is, obligation, which is an obligatory amal for them, and that is to recite the kalimah and to accept Islam. Once they accept Islam, then everything else applies. So This is, uh, you might think, very obvious point but sometimes what happens is, for example we have uh, an open house where we are trying to build bridges with our neighbors and we invite non-Muslims to the masjid. Yes, it is true that out of respect for the sacred house of worship of the Muslims, if the non-Muslim uh, lady is wearing the scarf and the hijab, this is a good sign. Something should be commended and re- and something should be Appreciated that you are recognizing the uh, that this is the dress of the Muslims and you're coming to the house of worship of Muslims as a guest, so you're being considerate of that. But at the same time, is is the non-Muslim woman obligated to wear hijab? Not in our Sharia. She is obligated first to recite the kalima. After reciting the kalima, then all the injunctions apply. So this is a out-of-the-box practical example of, 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 of applying this principle. Sometimes what happens is that we do not know this and we start up applying it on them and, and forcing people that which Allah has not forced upon them and obligating them to that which Allah has not obligated and the entire plan backfires. Instead of bringing them closer to the deen, uh, we make them farther away from the deen. So we have to take things as they are. Rasulullah ﷺ also when he, when he sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal ta'ala anhu to Yemen and Sayyidina Ali anhu, uh, anhuma and he asked both of them how are you going to uh, preach the people and how are you going to teach them so they said first we will invite them towards Kalima ilaha illallah and after they accept that then we will instruct them towards Tahara and Salah then we will instruct them regarding Zakat and so on so there is a particular order so, this is Ya ayyuha amanu, O those who believe. So, the obligation for the believers. Kutiba alaykumu al Fasting has been prescribed upon you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that fasting has been prescribed upon you. Fasting, what is the meaning of siyam? Siyam in the Luga means al-imsaq, to abstain. And in the Sharia, that's the mana al the meaning in the Luga. The meaning in the Sharia is al imsak anil muftirat thalas الْأَكَلُ وَالشُرُبُ مِنْ طُرُوعِ الصَّادِقِ إِلَىٰ غُرُوبِ مَعَ النِّيَّةِ That is to abstain from eating and drinking and fulfilling one's physical needs and passions uh, from the dawn till the sun set with a niya. If a person abstains from eating and drinking and having physical relations with his spouse without niya, without intention, Uh, without making the... express intention from his heart that this is... I am fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that will not count as a fast. A person will not be rewarded for that. If a person, for example, is imprisoned in a a jail and he is in solitary confinement and he is not even aware of the, the month and the calendar and he is not given food or drink by the wardens and the guards and the month of Ramadan passes... And they only give him to eat something to stay alive in the night. So the whole month he did not eat or drink or have any physical interaction, uh, physical relationship throughout the day. But he did not make the niyyah. So those fasts will not count. A pers- when he comes out of the jail or when he le- learns later the month of Ramadan passed, he will have to make qada' of it. <laughs> all the ibadah maqsuda, all those ibadah which are objective in our deen, they will only come into existence when there is a niyyah amalu bin niyat, A'mal will come into existence only when the niyyah is there. So we have to make the niyyah, we have to make the intention. This intention is necessary for major portion of the day. If the day is already specified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for fasting. Meaning the month of Ramadan, this, these days are already specified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for fasting. So if a person, unfortunately he sleeps late and he gets up, and before midday, if he makes an intention that I'm fasting today then he has still saved his fast, his fast will be valid and will count but if a person is fasting on such a day which is not specified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left it open for example a person is making up a fast which is called a qadha fast as comes later that if you miss a fast in the month of Ramadan due to a valid excuse min You can make it up by making up that fast any other day of the year So a person was traveling or was sick during the month of Ramadan Or a woman was in her days of impurity during the month of Ramadan And now she has to make up that fast afterwards So she is making up this fast in the month of Shawwal after Ramadan And Shawwal first is not going to be one of the days she will choose why? Because Shawwal first is Eid al-Fitr And it is haram and prohibited and forbidden by uh, Rasulullah to fast on five days of the year And those five days are Eid al-Fitr which is the first of Shawal, And remaining four days are in Dhul-Hijjah The tenth of Dhul-Hijjah which is Eid al-Adha That's the second day And then the, re- the immediately succeeding three days Eleventh, twelfth and thirteenth these are known as the ayam al the days when we recite the takbir after salah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, wa lillahi l-hamd. So these days it's actually prohibited. It's forbidden. لا تصوم في هذه الأيام فإن ايام أكل وشرب وبيعال أو كما قال wa الصلاة Do not fast on these days. So that is what Islam means. Islam means submitting to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he has prohibited us to fast, then fasting on that day would become a sin. A person is actually fasting, making the niyyah, such a great form of ibadah, but he will incur sin, because he fasted on the day that was prohibited. So besides 1st of shawwal, say on the 10th of shawwal, a person is making up a fast, a qadah fast. From the, from Ramadan, whether a male is making it up qadah, or a female is making up qadah. In any case, someone is making a qadah fast in the 10th of shawwal. Now, this day, was it already specified by the sharia or by the by anyone as a, this day has been demarcated for making up Allah no you are choosing to do that on your own accord with your own intention therefore the intention has to be from before the day starts meaning from the night meaning before suhur sadiq before dawn before dawn before the fajr time on the timetable a person has to take the suhur, uh, person should make the intention preferably eat suhur which is Sunnah of Rasulullah ﷺ to sehur in the sehur barakah. Oka Maqalah alayhi salam, do eat suhur for in sehur there is barakah. They will be strength for your fast. But even if he does not eat or the pre-dawn meal, the intention is a must. A person he cannot wake up on a Sunday at uh, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and say, you know what, half the day is already gone, so let me just fast a qada fast. That will not work. Why? Because this day was not set aside for qada fast. This is not a recommended course of action, but at the same time, we have to mention that it would be permissible in Ramadan. Why? Because Ramadan was already set by Allah subhanahu wa taala for fasting. So, therefore, if a day is set aside by Allah or by the slave, how can a day be set aside by a slave? Is if a day, Allah, uh, if a abd, a slave of Allah subhanahu wa taala, makes another al-muayyan, a specified vow, and says that since I passed my exam, or since my child regained health, or since I got a promotion at my work, or whatever the case may be, whatever good he is enjoying, then he makes a vow to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I, take this man, I make this nazar. In Arabic is known as nazar. in Urdu it's called mannat, and in English it's, ma- it's called to take a vow. If he takes a vow, that I, and that is a promise and a pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that I will fast uh, on the 10th of Muharram. So now he specified this by himself. So on the 10th of Muharram, on the 9th 9th of Muharram, he forgets about it. And he doesn't make the intention in the night. And in the 10th of Muharram, he does not eat or drink anything. And he remembers before midday. And if he catches up and makes an intention, that's still sufficient. Why is that still sufficient? Because this day was already specified from himself. And demarcated, this day was dedicated for fasting. So therefore, the intention is sufficient if it is majority of the day. Meaning before half the day passes. But fasting or nafal, nafal could be any day So we have to make the intention from the night So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Kutib This fasting as has been described Has been obli- made obligatory upon you Now a person might become very scared And say that how will I be able to fulfill this huge order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It seems, sounds very difficult to abstain from eating and drinking these are things that we do constantly all the time how will i be able to manage so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for us and says relax it will not be that difficult and he says Kama kutiba min uh, like it had been prescribed upon those people prior to you so the scholars of tafsir say al bala' when uh, when even a very great disaster or calamity If it befalls upon a lot of people, the entire population is affected, then it becomes easier to bear. So if there is a hurricane that came and destroyed a whole section of the city, like Hurricane Katrina came and the whole city of New Orleans was devastated. So a person, he lost his entire life savings, he lost his house, he lost all his personal articles, everything is gone. So it is such a tremendous loss for that person he is suffering. But then he looks down the street, all of his neighbors are also have lost completely everything. In the entire block, in the entire neighborhood, in the entire quarter of the city or the whole city itself. So, psychologically, it becomes easier for the person to bear that. Because he says that, I'm not alone, I'm not the only one who has undergone this great loss. On the other hand, if there was a uh, very small uh, tornado that was very localized and and it came and it was a precision strike, just one home it came and completely destroyed it and the homes right next, on the right and left and everyone around, everyone is safe and sound. It just touched down, completely destroyed one property and went back up. So then when he looks around, everyone is safe and sound and happy and enjoying life as normal. It is just he has lost everything that he owned. Uh, it will be far more difficult for that person to bear that. So, this is how our psychology works. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, if you think this is a great, difficult command, if you think this is something uh, very hard uh, to accomplish, don't worry. كما كتب على الذين Many people prior to you, they also faced this obligation, and they were successful, they made it. If they survived, then uh, you will also survive, inshallah. Then after that he says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ so that you may obtain taqwa. Meaning this is giving you the carrot, the fadilah, the virtue. And this is one of the styles adopted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an. That whenever He gives a commandment, He also gives the virtue as well. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention the virtues? Whenever He invites towards the command, He also tells us what we will get. This is one of the usloob of da'wah, one of the styles of da'wah. What are you going to get? What is the reward? قُولُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّ Recite La ilaha illallah, Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم would say, Why? Tuflihu, then you will be successful. حَيَّا ala salah, in the adhan is followed by حَيَّا ala al Come towards salah, why should I come towards salah? What will I get? حَيَّا ala al Falah, you will get success. And adhan is a da'watul tammah, is a complete form of da'wah. So we learned that. So over here, if Allah is saying fasting is prescribed upon you, then what will I get? La'allakum تَتَّقُونَ you will obtain taqwa. What is taqwa? A taqwa is al-khufu min al jalil. بِالْتَنْزِيلِ وَالْإِسْتِعْدَادُ الْيَوْمِ الرحيل والقناعة بِالْقَلِيلِ right. So, taqwa is fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and preparing for the hereafter and and practicing upon the Qur'an and developing the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present now and is present in Ramadan, is present outside of Ramadan with all his sifat, with all his attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ever watchful, his khabir. He is all-knowing. He is sami' and basir, all-hearing, all-seeing. He is alim, all-knowing. And these are his attributes outside of Ramadan. And these are his attributes within Ramadan. His attributes do not change, do not increase, do not decrease. But what happens is that we, in our, our perception and realization of those attributes, does increase and decrease. The level of our iman and yaqeen on the that of Allah and the sifat of Allah does increase and decrease. And it does increase in the month of Ramadan. We forget that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is watching us, He is Alam Do you not realize that Allah is watching you? Or it's the third person in the ayah Alam Allah yara? Does he not realize that Allah is watching him? Inna labil mirsad. your Lord uh, is very closely watching you. Al-Mirsad is like the hunter uh, who is lying in ambush and waiting for his prey. The one who is, the hunter who is in the jungle And he is very, very still and is lying in the tree And he has his gun in his hand and he's pointing it towards the tiger But waiting for the tiger to come closer So that he is going to be able to strike that tiger, shoot that tiger For example, I'm not saying tigers are endangered animals (laughs) We should not be shooting tigers But what I mean, or any other (laughs) animal that is permitted to shoot, a deer Uh, So he is hunting that deer and he has a license to hunt the deer and everything is okay. So he is hunting that deer. So how much he is focused on that deer. Uh, his 100% attention is on that deer. Because the deer is still too far. It has to come close. And he is not going to move. Because if he moves, then the deer will hear the hunter. And will run away in the opposite direction. So this is the meaning of Mirsad. Inna Rabbaka bil Mirsad. beshak tera parwardigaar taq hai. This is how we translate in Urdu. Mirsad is taq means he's completely watching over you all the time. So this Mirsad is in Ramadan, outside Ramadan. All the time he is watching us very, very, very closely. But what happens is we tend to forget. We are oblivious. We are in a state of ghafla. Ghafla means we don't remember. We completely forget. And that is why we disobey him left and right. If he knew he was watching us, then we would be mindful about disobeying him. Mawlaaka la yaaraaka This is the meaning. We would have haya in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We would not like that Allah sees us in a condition we are disobeying Him. But what happens is that in the month of Ramadan, this level of taqwa increases. Because at the end of the day, there are many times when you will not eat or drink because people are watching you. Because of societal pressure, because you are supposed to be fasting. And at the same time, there are many occasions throughout the day when you will not be eating or drinking, when no one is watching you. There is no Muslims watching you, and there may be no non-Muslims watching you. There are no adults watching you, and there are no children watching you. There is no one who will report you. Uh, but you will not drink. Why in the world are you not drinking when you are so thirsty? So this is something we take it for granted, and we take it, yeah, obviously I'm fasting, so I'm not going to drink. But if you think about it for a few moments, a little bit deeply, it is very significant. The action that we are not drinking, we are so, so thirsty, it is the summer month of June and July, and uh, no one is watching us So who really cares? Why in the world do you care? Why are you not just obeying your thirst And quenching your thirst? So this is something that we tend to have But we don't realize what we have This is the Iman This is the Iman that we have in our heart And that Iman is manifested And is becoming zahir and apparent In our not fulfilling our thirst Our basic in, natural instinct To go and and quent our thirst. The reason we're not doing it is only and solely because Allah is watching us. So this concept that Allah is watching us is further reinforced and strengthened in our hearts and our minds in the month of Ramadan. That is what he's saying. (laughs) That is the only reason in the world we're not drinking. Because Allah is watching us. This becomes very, very strongly embedded in our hearts and minds. And if Allah is watching us and that is why we are abstaining from that which is halal throughout the day, of Ramadan and then why do we not extend that And abstain from that which is haram throughout the year Because this is the Now we are becoming More conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So this is something which We all observe and we all Will feel insha'Allah by the end of Ramadan Our level of taqwa will increase Because these are the words of Allah Allah, Who can be more truthful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala If somebody is still A little bit uh, Apprehensive. I understand that people before us fasted too Number one Number two, I also understand that, I'm going to obtain taqwa and, and the final best ending is for those who have taqwa Taqwa is the greatest commandment of Allah And all success are for those who have taqwa And I will get taqwa through fasting What a great reward But I'm still scared I don't know if I'll be able to make it So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that do that. He doesn't say 30 days, he doesn't say 29 days. He said ma'dudat. Adda ya'uddu means to count. So ma'dud means that which can be counted. So ayyaman ma'dudat means few days that can be counted. So the style of using this word indicates that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to uh, emphasize the fact that it's just a few days. Ayyaman ma'dudat, few days that can be counted. Which is a subjective term, He didn't give us the objective quantity, which is 29 days or 30 days. Why didn't he say? Why did he just say 29 days or 30 days? Because he was trying to emphasize that it's just a few days. Ayyamun ginti ke din. Few days you can count it. Then if somebody still says, Okay, uh, uh, I don't know, what if I'm sick? What if I'm very sick and I can't fast? Or What if I'm traveling through the desert on my camel like it was before? Not in air-conditioned airplanes, but rather uh, in a very difficult environment of the past. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't worry فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا Whoever amongst you may be sick أو على سفر or is traveling فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أخر. Then you can make it up with other days afterwards So this is the rukhsa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is an exemption from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That you can make it up afterwards if you are sick if you have a temporary sickness, the nature of the sickness is something which is temporary, and it is hoped that you will regain health afterwards, then you do not fast in the month of Ramadan, you are heavily pregnant, you are a nursing mother, you are a sick person. You can wait until you feel better and make it up after Ramadan. Then somebody says, okay, no, the nature of my sickness is that it's a very terminal sickness, terminal illness. I can never hope to regain health, I'm Shaykh al-Fani. Shaykh al-Fani is the one who is on his deathbed, he's dying. He is very, very, very sick. He cannot get up and there, you know, unless there's some miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's going to actually become worse and worse. He's not going to regain health to be able to make up the fast afterwards. What does he do? Then Allah says, don't worry that person. ta'am miskin. The one who has a terminal illness and he cannot make up his fast afterwards, then he can resort to monetary compensation. For every single day of fast that he will miss, he will give one Sadaqatul Fitr amount, which is five to seven dollars in Sadaqah to a needy person. Note, we love to jump to the monetary compensation so we don't have any physical exertion. This monetary compensation of Fidya is limited to the one who cannot make up the fast. Neither now nor later. If a person has a mild cold or sickness and he says that I'm not going to... Uh, fast and I'll just give money. I'll just write a big check. You know what? I'll double the fidya. I'll triple the fidya. Uh, no, that's not the case. You cannot do that. You can only resort to monetary compensation when you are not able to give the f- actual physical fast which is mandatory. It is like if you borrow somebody's car uh, or and then uh, you bo- because he went for Umrah for three weeks and you borrowed his car to drive it around. After he comes back from Umrah, you say I'll just give you the blue book value of the car, because I like it so much. he goes, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? I need my car back. You have the car. No, I like it. I just want to keep it. I'm going to give you the money. I'll give you the actual money of the car. I'll give you the value of the car. You cannot give the value of the car. It's If you lost the car, if the car was stolen, or it, or it was destroyed completely, it's gone, it's tr- then you give the value. Only when you cannot give the actual car, then you give the value instead. But if you still have the car, you have to give the car back. You cannot give money instead. So likewise, if a person can make up the fast, then he should make up the fast. This is a very common question, frequently asked question at FAQ. Uh, I'm sick, can I, what, how much money do I need to pay? You don't need to pay any money. What you need to do is make up the actual fast. It's only for those who have terminal illnesses, permanent sicknesses, and they are not able to make up the fast, then they can give the compensation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps on going And if you will fast, it will be very, very good for you If you but knew In كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If you but knew what are the benefits Then you would jump on the occasion of fasting You would be looking forward to it You'd be so excited All the benefits, physical benefits, spiritual benefits That you will receive from fasting May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to fully reap all the benefits of the month of Ramadan that is approaching upon us wa akhud da'wan alhamdulillah al-'ali